0: The year is 2020. The two video game titans, Sony and Microsoft, are about to face off in the ninth generation of video game consoles with Sony's PlayStation 5 and Microsoft's Xbox Series X both releasing this holiday season. Who will win in this battle of fates? Will it be Sony, with their exclusives such as Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, Ratchet & Clank? Or will it be Microsoft, with Halo Infinite, Gears of War, and many other games as well? Who knows? But the truth is, things are getting intense with this new console war and we need to bring in a man to help negotiate a peace treaty between the two sides and that man is Hyrulean Hyrulean is a true Nintendo fan and PC gamer at heart and though he purchased a PlayStation 4 in around Black Friday of 2018 he still believes that he remains truly neutral in the console wars and so in this episode of the switched podcast Hyrulean will single-handedly end the console wars and restore peace and tranquility to gamers everywhere Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Switched Podcast. Today I'm going to sit down uh, and I'm going to bring Microsoft and Sony fans to the table and we're going to try to reach a peace treaty in regards to this new outbreak of the console war yet again um, before it even truly gets started. I just think it's so crazy that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are not even out yet. They do not release until the holiday season of 2020 and already my Facebook feed has exploded with some of my uh, very console gamer friends just going at each other's throats about if the PlayStation or the Xbox is better and the truth is neither of them had it in their hands yet. And neither of them will truly know until the holiday season if they even like it. Um, But either way, they're still willing to fight and persuade the other side through Facebook comments um, that their refrigerator looks better than the other person's internet router or vice versa. Um, And honestly, I just want to sit down today and share my feelings about how I feel about this. In addition to trying to prove that I'm semi-neutral in all this, I wanted to make it abundantly clear right from the beginning here. I own a PlayStation. Um, I truly am a Nintendo fan and a PC gamer at heart, and I will always pick up games for either before I even consider buying a game for my PlayStation. My PlayStation purely exists as a device to play exclusives on. And it's funny. I got my PlayStation during Black Friday of 2018 Uh, for $200. I got a PlayStation for Slim, one terabyte, and a copy of Spider-Man by Insomniac. Um, And the main purpose of getting that console was to play Spider-Man, of course, to play Red Dead Redemption 2, um, to play Detroit Become Human, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, and a couple other big console-exclusive games that I never got my hands on. And as soon as I got my PlayStation 4, a lot of those games started to make their way over to PC. And I could have totally just avoided buying a PlayStation 4 and I would have been happily playing the vast majority of them even still. Um, But I wanted to hop in real quick and just kind of share how I got into console gaming and how I got into PC gaming and kind of show everyone that I really am basically neutral in this. I do have a little bit of bias towards Sony because I like a lot of their games better. Um, but as I'm going to get into in this podcast, um, it really doesn't matter which one you pick, and there's no point in sitting there and yelling about which one you enjoy more, because in reality, it's about the games, and it's about the gamers. To quote Reggie from Nintendo, well, ex-CEO of Nintendo of America, if it's not fun, why bother? And, uh, In my honest opinion, sitting here and arguing about which console is better is completely defeating the point of playing video games, and it's definitely not fun, so why bother? But yeah, let's hop into my sort of history with the consoles in general and sort of lay the foundation for how I am sort of a neutral force in this situation. So ever since I was a child... Um, I have always been a Nintendo fan, first and foremost. My first main video game console was the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, Be as unpopular as it turned out to be, um, my first video game console that I ever had was the Nintendo GameCube. And I gotta say... In this situation, um, I missed out on so much because of owning just the GameCube. I never got to experience Halo Combat Evolved when it first came out. I never got to experience the Grand Theft Autos as they were first coming out. I never got to experience Final Fantasy VII when it first came out. Not that I'm a huge JRPG fan anymore anyway. And I never really was to begin with. But I never even got the chance to take a look at Final Fantasy VII. The Final Fantasy games on the GameCube were vastly different in quality than the ones you were looking out for on the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2 and even the Xbox in some cases. Um, But the GameCube was where I sat for the majority of my early years of console gaming um, until eventually my family... Was lucky enough to upgrade to a Nintendo Wii. And there I continued my Nintendo legacy playing Wii Sports, Mario Galaxy, Twilight Princess. um, And really just stayed on the Nintendo field. It was not until probably I was 13 years old. And I was definitely late to the party. um, That I actually got my first uh, non-Nintendo console. My family had a PlayStation 2 for a very little while. Um, And on the PlayStation 2, I played Katamari Damacy, Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock, um, and a couple other small games that honestly, I don't remember very well. Um, And in addition to that, I myself purchased an original Xbox around the same time and used it to play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas for the first time, Halo Combat Evolved for the first time, Half-Life 2, that's right, I first experienced Half-Life 2 on the Xbox, um, and a bunch of other games. And so it wasn't until I was in middle school that I really had a grasp on the total gaming ecosystem from... Nintendo to Sony to Xbox. And I would occasionally go over to my friends' houses and see them playing like GTA 3 or Halo Combat Evolved. And I got the chance to play some of them occasionally. But honestly, until I was in middle school, I was exclusively a Nintendo gamer, really. Um, in middle school was when I started getting really interested in mostly in part to Minecraft, uh, to the PC ecosystem. And that's when I really think things started kicking off for me for being a PC gamer. Um, It started with Roblox, really, and then it turned quickly into Minecraft, uh, some of those Flash games. I eventually got into Steam and tried out, like, Realm of the Mad God. Uh, I got Farming Simulator. And then eventually from there, I ended up in early high school, uh, finally getting the chance to play Half-Life 2 on a computer, um, where I sat down and beat Half-Life 2 again on PC, um, and Half-Life 2, Episode 2 and 1, and uh, a bunch of other stuff like that. Classic PC games. I really just sat down and played a shit ton of them. Um, And that's when my PC love really blew up and eventually I built my own gaming PC that I still use to this day albeit upgraded Um, and so now that brings us to now (laughs) um, where I basically only had my old consoles of course but my PC and my Switch and that covered my Nintendo stuff and that covered my PC stuff and that's where I was at and that's where I was perfectly happy being I did always wish, though, that I could play some of those exclusive PlayStation games. Thankfully since I played on PC, a lot of the Microsoft exclusives, especially nowadays, have made their way over to PC. Stuff like Gears of War, um, a lot of the Gears of War games are on PC, surprisingly, at least Gears of War 5, I don't know about the other ones. Um, And now, uh, thanks to the Master Chief collection, you can play every single Halo game on PC. At least eventually. Halo 3 is about to drop on PC at the time of recording this, but otherwise, then it'll just be 4, and I believe 5 is already on PC. So, Halo's no longer exclusive, Years is no longer exclusive. Genuinely, if you have a PC, you can play most of the exclusive Xbox games, which is really nice, um, because it meant that the only games I never got the chance to play were those being offered by Sony. So, when I saw during Black Friday of 2018 that the PlayStation 4 was on sale for $200 for the Slim Variant one terabyte, and you got a copy of Marvel Spider-Man, which I really, really wanted to play because I was huge into Spider-Man at the time, I had to get it. That's all there was to it. I had to get the PlayStation 4, um, and I did drop the money on it. So I am a little biased because I have a PlayStation 4, but to this day, I still mostly just play on my PC and my Switch. I have a very small collection of exclusive PlayStation games um, that I'm working through, but otherwise, most of my gaming is still done on my PC. And if I can buy it on my PC, I will basically buy it on my PC. If I have the choice to play a game that's multi-platform, either on my Switch, my PlayStation 4, or my PC, I will almost always pick PC, unless if it's a game that works better portably... Um then I will buy it on the Switch if it's available, or um, if it's not available on PC, um, I will definitely pick it up on my PlayStation. So that's where I'm sitting right now. Um I do have a PlayStation 4, but as you can see, 90% of my game collection is on either my Switch or my PC Now, when it comes to the hardware of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, uh, let me preface our discussion with the fact that I'm a PC gamer, uh, and I like to build custom PCs. Um, I've built two PCs for myself, multiple PCs for different friends, and also I uh, do some freelance PC building and repair on the side, and I've built two different PCs for some customers over the years, and... uh, I've repaired countless PCs, at least 40, 50 in the last year. Um, and so I'd like to say that I'm fairly knowledgeable about the hardware side of things. Uh, so I can tell you with fairly certain amount of confidence that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are very comparable in terms of power. Both of them use a very similar CPU and a very similar architecture. Um, The Xbox has a little bit more RAM uh, and a slightly higher clock speed on the actual CPU itself. Um, But the PlayStation has a custom-made advanced solid-state drive on its side. Um, So basically, these two uh, differences in specs are going to be very nominal in terms of how much it's going to actually change, uh, the game quality comparing the Xbox Series X to the PlayStation 5, which I guess nobody's truly surprised about. Literally, they might as well be the same console, and the Xbox does have a slight lead in performance, um, and the PlayStation has a slight lead in performance in storage, um, but honestly... At the end of the day, I don't think it's really going to matter too much. And it's not the difference of one's going to run at 4K60 and the other's going to run at 4K30 or anything like that. They should easily both be able to hit 4K60, no problem. Uh, I don't see why they would not be able to be. Um, And some games might have to sacrifice resolution to reach the 60 FPS, but that's kind of inevitable. And, uh, that's going to be on both systems as well. Honestly, the people arguing about the performance of the two consoles, I don't know if there's really any point to it. Other than the PlayStation probably will have faster loader time, loader times, faster loading times, um, because of the fact that it has a custom-made SSD, um, versus the more conventional SSD in the Xbox, which is still very fast, might I add. There's very little in terms of performance differences. It's like I was saying, the Xbox on paper has slightly faster specs. um, But it'd be the difference of, in the PC world, of spending like $500 and $600. You're really not going to see much of a difference at that point. If you're going to spend $500, you might as well just get the $600 because it'll be slightly better. Because the Or even then, in some cases, it's not even worth jumping up for the extra amount. It's really up to the person and what they want out of the computer. Um, for instance, when it comes to PCs, RAM, which the Xbox has slightly more of, is very important when you're doing things like web browsing. Um, the Java version of Minecraft on PC is very RAM intensive and uh, Java as a engine itself um, is very RAM intensive and focused in general. So if you want to play Minecraft on PC, you're going to want a lot of RAM. Uh, but otherwise it's very specific on a game per game basis on PC. If RAM really matters. And in today's day and age, 16 is always more than enough on PC. Um, 16 is usually the recommended, uh, the recommended amount of RAM. You can usually get by with eight, but 16 is the recommended amount of RAM. And, uh, I should say as well, um, the recommended amount of dedicated WAM you should have to the server is like 12 gigabytes. (laughs) Sorry, I was just saying random shit, I don't know. Um, but what I'm trying to get at here is the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, while technically different specs on paper, they're so similar that genuinely arguing about it is like arguing the difference between a $500 computer and a $600 computer. Sure there's going to be a difference there, but it's going to be so slight that it's like why even argue about it, you know? But that's where I stand on that. The main thing I think in terms of arguing about with the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 hardware is the looks and the controller. And of course, both of them are fairly modern looking consoles. Uh, I would say that the PlayStation 5, you either love it or you hate it. There's no in-between. The look of it is very out there. It looks very gamery, y um, And coming from PC where all of my stuff kind of ends up looking gamery anyway, I don't mind that as much, but I could see some Xbox fans or even some PlayStation 4 fans being upset that the new console is going to stand out so much the Xbox Series X is literally just a gray slate gray square and it looks it looks good honestly it's very simple it's very minimal that's the good word for it the PlayStation not so much it's not trying to be minimal it's trying to be a gaming device so that's why they went for a little more of a flashy look to it but honestly uh, the PlayStation design love it or hate it I don't mind it Um, The Xbox design is very neutral, but some could say that it's kind of ugly, but honestly, most people that I've talked to, they're just like, yeah, it's an Xbox, it looks fine. It's crazy how far we've come for where the PlayStation 2 versus the original Xbox, the PlayStation 2 was a plain black rectangle, and the Xbox, the original Xbox, was well, a huge black rectangle with green all over it, this really eye catching green. I really love the uh, design of the original Xbox, but it's funny because they've kind of switched roles. Now, Microsoft with their Xbox, it just looks super neutral, it looks super basic in a good way, not basic in a bad way. But the PlayStation is the one that looks crazy now, and Sony's always kind of been the one that's been more neutral. So I truly don't mind them. St- Kind of mixing it up a little bit i already have to have all this gamery ass looking shit for my pc so why not have some for my playstation plus it's just sitting in my house so who really cares that being said i have no issue with the xbox the xbox looks perfectly fine as well the main thing for me going into this console generation will be the controller and of course me being a pc gamer Although I love my keyboard and mouse, I have to admit that some games are just flat out better with a key or with a uh, controller and almost every generation, even if I don't buy a console, I always buy one of the two consoles as controllers and it looks like the Xbox series X controller is just basically the same thing as the xbox ones um, which honestly the Xbox one has a very sturdy very um very sensible, basic controller, and I honestly don't mind it that much. It's, oh, yeah, there's, uh I'm passing somebody in my car right now, so don't mind me. Um, but the PlayStation controllers I've always liked more, simply because the, uh, I like the PlayStation's Uh, grip style more, and it seems like for the PlayStation 5, they're kind of moving away from that iconic DualShock grip layout, where it's kind of like uh, a rectangle with two paddles on the ends. Um, I I really find the PlayStation controller comfortable, and I am slightly bummed out that they're moving away from the iconic PlayStation DualShock design, Um, but I'm Uh, Hesitantly optimistic that it could end up being a very good controller Um, The main thing for the Xbox controller though for me Is I hope since the Xbox One controller is going to be Basically unchanged going into the Xbox Series X That they allow you to use the Xbox One controller on the Series X That would be a very good consumer oriented move for Microsoft to make Um, Not making all of their uh, Not making all of their users have to buy a shit ton of extra controllers it'd be nice to let them use the old ones and then you can always make series x controllers available that are better but the original xbox one controllers will still work just fine and i think that would be a very good move for them to do and i hope they consider doing something like that for the series x because it really doesn't seem like the controller is going to be that much different I could see them releasing a Series X revision of the controller that has, like, USB Type-C or something like that. But I really don't think they're going to change the controller that much, at least it seems. Um, With that being said, I'm really excited to see what Sony's going to do with the DualSense controller. Me being a huge Nintendo fan, you'd think that my go-to controller is the... uh, Nintendo Switch Pro controller. I do love that controller, but I gotta say for PC, especially I've always been a DualShock 4 kind of guy after I tried out my friends before I had any consoles like that And, uh, I just liked it better. I had a birthday party when I was I want to say 15, and we spent the night at my house And we all huddled over my PC, which I set up in the corner of my room on the floor Uh, so we could do rounds of duck game And... I got to try out my buddy's PlayStation controller, and I got to try out my other buddy's Xbox controller, and after trying them both out, I really just decided that I kind of liked the PlayStation one better. It just felt more premium to me, but... I'll be interested to see if I end up sticking with the Sony controller for my PlayStation... Uh, for my PC, I mean. Honestly uh, regardless if I buy a PlayStation 5 or not, I usually look at the controller and think about buying a controller for my PC, and I'm wondering if I'm going to end up switching or if I'm going to stay on the DualShock 4. We'll have to see. But honestly, like I was saying, in terms of hardware, they're so comparable that there's no point in arguing about which one's going to be faster, because the truth is they're going to be basically the same with some slight caveats here and there. The main thing is the controller, and that's completely your personal preference, and nobody else is to decide for you. Um, But that's how I feel about the hardware side of things. Okay, now let's get into games. And again, this is probably going to be the area where my slight bias becomes the most obvious. Uh, Because as I've mentioned in the previous parts of this podcast... I do actually own a PlayStation 4, um, and the reason I do, even though I'm a PC player, is basically entirely for the exclusives. Um, and so I'm definitely biased towards the PlayStation's games. Uh, just keep go ahead and keep that in mind for this part of the segment. It might be a little bit more biased towards PlayStation. Um, but either way, uh, let's talk about games for a moment, shall we? Uh, So the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, they each have their own set of exclusive games, and for me on the PlayStation side, the big ones that stand out are like the games by Insomniac, like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Ratchet and Clank, um, and a bunch of other stuff as well. There's countless series that I play on PlayStation that are not available on anything else, Um, including stuff like, uh, well, I guess Detroit Become Human has moved over now, along with Horizon Zero Dawn, but those were two. Uncharted, uh, if there's ever another Uncharted game, it'll be only on the PlayStation 5, and a lot of people like the Uncharted games. I own all of them except for the one starring the women, like the spinoff one. but I'm planning on playing them at some point, but they're in my backlog right now. Uh, but those are PlayStation exclusives. Um, there's stuff like, oh, hold on, I, I gotta try. I didn't prepare a list or anything. I just gotta try to think of all the games. Stuff like Little Big Planet and the other Media Molecule games, uh, such as Dreams, which just came out on PlayStation 4, and I absolutely love. Dreams is such a good game. I hope there's some sort of PS5 port dreams, that'd be so awesome, um, what else, there's dreams, there's Tearaway, there's God of War, ah, God of War, I haven't made my way through the PS4 God of War game all the way yet, but what I have gotten through has been a gorgeous game, and relatively fun, it was just a little tedious, and the game's a bit hard, and hard games make me, uh, drop them almost immediately sometimes depending on how hard they are stuff like dark souls i have a lot of trouble getting into dark souls um because of how hard it is um but that reminds me as well the remake of demon souls the game that uh came out before dark souls even did uh is getting a remaster for the ps5 um they each have their racing games i'm not huge into racing games so i can't remember exactly which one has which But one of them has, like, Gran Turismo... And the other has Forza, I believe. Um, So whichever one you prefer out of those... Those are on specific platforms. Um, Let's see. What else is there on the PlayStation lineup side? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I literally have so many... Like, uh, I played Shadow of the Colossus on the PlayStation 4. That game is really cool and very anime. Uh, The PlayStation side by far is way better for fucking weebs. Uh, A lot of Atlas's games, now they're starting to make their way to other platforms, Uh, but like Persona 5 R, which I'm working through right now and really having a blast with, is only on the PS4 still to this day. Um, Hopefully that'll be one of those games that can be played on a PS5, because if I do end up getting a PS5, I'd want to play it on my PS5. Um, hopefully without having to restart the game. Otherwise, I will just be continuing it on my PlayStation 4. Uh, And a lot of Japanese games are only on the PlayStation. Um, There's stuff like all these Hatsune Miku games, which are finally making their way over to the Switch, but also are usually only on PlayStation. Um, PlayStation has its VR headset, the PSVR, which is actually... Uh, One of the headsets that really got me into VR, as I mentioned in my VR episode, definitely recommend you guys go check that one out. That's a pretty good one, actually. Um, What else is there? There's so many exclusive series to PlayStation um, that I'm a much bigger fan of than the Xbox counterparts. Um, There's so many. What is there on the Xbox side as well? Uh, so I already mentioned there's the racing game exclusive. I believe it's Forza, if I remember correctly. Um, they have Gears of War, they have Halo, but again, those two are kind of, like, pseudo-exclusives now because they're on PC at this point in time. Um, Sunset Overdrive was an Xbox slash PC exclusive, if that ever gets another game in this series. Um, And I always compare Sunset Overdrive. I don't know if the games are similar at all because I haven't played them. Uh, But Infamous is another game series by Insomniac. uh, That is mostly a PlayStation exclusive, if I remember correctly. Um, What else is there? There are so many games to think of right now. Um, I guess, see the thing is, most people are playing these consoles with only owning the one console in mind. I'm thinking it of the mindset of I can play every game but these games, so I need to get this. Um, but I guess if you're sitting down and you want to play like the big three series, like I'm thinking of like the yearly Call of Duty release. That's on everything. The yearly like sports games releases are on everything. Um honestly, the exclusives are where which company is better truly lies in my opinion. Um, and there's stuff like, uh, backwards compatibility to think about. That's one thing that I love about the Xbox side of things that they do a way better job of than the PlayStation side. Uh, for instance, the Xbox one in the Xbox, uh, one X, I think is what it's called. Um, They have backwards compatibility all the way down to the original Xbox, which means you can play original Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One games on the Xbox One. And not all of them, granted, but you can play the vast majority of the most uh, interesting games from those lineups. And some of them have enhancements as well. Like, uh, I remember I got a PlayStation 4 before Red Dead Redemption 2 came out or shortly after it came out specifically because I wanted to play Red Dead Redemption 2 and I didn't feel like waiting for the PC release Um, which I'm kind of glad I didn't because apparently the PC release is not the best Uh, but Red Dead Redemption 2 was on Playstation and Xbox Um, so I picked the Playstation because there was more other games on the Playstation side that I wanted to play that were only on the Playstation Uh, but then after I beat Red Dead 2, I realized I never beat Red Dead 1, and I was like, shit, I wonder if I can, like, buy a copy of Red Dead 1 for the PS3 and play it on my PS4. Uh, so I went and researched it, and of course, you can't, because the PlayStation 4 had no backwards compatibility for the PlayStation 3, and as well as that, uh, the only way they had backwards compatibility was if you paid for their PS Now subscription, uh, which was pretty expensive if I remember correctly, and basically what that did is that let you remotely connect to a PlayStation 2 or 3 or 1 running on a server, and it let you play some of those older games on your PlayStation 4, as well as some PS4 games near the end of the PS4's life cycle. And that was the only way you could play Red Dead 1 on the PS4. And that was just kind of mind-blowing to me, because on the Xbox side of things, the Xbox One, you could literally just take your Xbox 360 copy of Red Dead Redemption 1 and put it in your Xbox One, and it would load it up, and it even improved the graphics on the Xbox Series X, so the game looked a little bit better, like... Microsoft does an excellent job with backwards compatibility, and I have no doubt that going into the Series X they're going to do the same thing. Um, And they're doing that really awesome thing where um, for the last couple of months of the Xbox One's lifespan here, every Xbox One game that you buy that's also going to release on the Xbox Series X, you will get for free on the Xbox Series X if you already purchased it on your Xbox One. That way you don't have to wait for the Xbox Series X to come out to play some of these games. And that's such a good thing to do. Now Sony's been kind of like, um, we're doing that too. And they said, like, that they're doing it and that each PlayStation 4 game that releases between now and the launch of the PS5 will have to be compatible with the PS5. But who knows what that means. Microsoft is straight up telling us, if you buy these Xbox One games... We will make sure you get a copy to play on your Xbox Series X on launch. And that's a really good move on Microsoft's behalf. And honestly, it's a really awesome thing for them to do. And PlayStation needs to get their shit together with backwards compatibility... And be doing really good consumer-oriented moves like that. That's honestly a really good thing. Um, Now, at the point of time of recording this podcast... The price of both devices are not available. Both of them are still keeping the prices under wraps. And I think it's because uh, this generation of consoles is shaping up to be one of the most expensive ones in history. Uh, At least modern history. I know some of the older consoles, uh, they were actually very expensive. Like The Nintendo Entertainment System was something like $600 in equivalent money adjusted for inflation. And that's insane. But, like, we're looking at 600 at the least for these consoles. With 800 looking, like, a bit more reasonable in some cases. And that's crazy. Just think about it for a moment. Phones are raising in price by so much. To the point where cell phones are starting to become thousands of dollars. So it's inevitable that consoles are going to start raising in price as well. And then, see, the thing is, for me, at that point... Once a console reaches $800, is it really worth buying a console? And that's a topic for another podcast. But $800, if, if the Series X and the PlayStation 5 are $800, unless you really care about the exclusives, you're so much better off buying a PC. Because that's so crazy. You can get such a good PC for $800, if that's what they end up being. Um... But one last thing on backwards compatibility. The PlayStation does such an awful job at backwards compatibility that I literally was able to play Skate 3 not on my PlayStation like you can on the Xbox One. They actually made Skate 3 a backwards compatible title for the Xbox One so you can just play Skate 3 like normal on the Xbox One, which is awesome. Um, The PlayStation 4, on the other hand, cannot play Skate 3 natively. Uh, so you know what I did instead? I went to a second-hand video game store, bought a copy of Skate 3, and I put it in my PC and ran it on a PlayStation 3 emulator. I had to do an emulator so I could play a legit copy of a PlayStation 3 game on modern hardware and HD. That is so beyond ridiculous. Literally, I don't want this segment to be all just fucking taking PlayStation out to the trash for not supporting backwards compatibility, but thank God I have a PC because if I did not, I would straight up not be able to play a lot of these older games that I really want to play, Um, and for me, if you only have to buy one of the consoles and you want to play older games as well as newer games, then you're going to want to get the Xbox, no question. The Xbox can flat out just play all these older games that you'll want to play as well as the modern games you just won't get the playstation exclusives which are better in my opinion but if you just want to play a wide variety of games from all different times then the xbox is definitely the way to go but we'll get into my final conclusions and thoughts in a later segment um other things to do with games Surprisingly, Microsoft is playing very nicely uh, with their Xbox Studio games. Um, A lot of them are releasing on both PC and Xbox, and even some, such as Minecraft, which is owned by Microsoft, don't forget, is available on both Xbox and PlayStation. They're really nice about sharing. They could totally just make uh, Minecraft a console exclusive, which... If they did that for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, they only ended up releasing it on the Series X, I would honestly not be surprised because Sony does not play nice with their series. They're finally letting some of their developers make PC releases, as I mentioned before with Horizon Zero Dawn and with uh, Detroit Become Human by Quantum Dreams. Um, Those games are finally starting to make their way over, but otherwise... Sony does not like to play nice when it comes to their exclusivity. Persona 5 is still only on the PlayStation 4. And they're releasing, like, all this other Persona shit on different systems and on different consoles. And there's Joker and Smash Brothers and Persona 5 Strikers, which is coming out on Switch and PlayStation and PC. Um... And you know for a fact that PlayStation just has its death grip on Persona 5, like the actual game, and that's the reason why nobody else can play it on anything else. So we can only hope that in the next generation of consoles, Sony takes a hint from Microsoft and loosens up on console exclusivity and also loosens up on their um, their backwards compatibility... Uh, Disagreements; They really don't like backwards compatibility. Um, But enough talking about games. As you can tell. There's a lot of PlayStation exclusives. That I really like. And that's the main reason. Why I choose PlayStation. Is because of the exclusives. But Microsoft is just so nice. With how they handle it. That if PlayStation took a couple cues. From Microsoft. I probably wouldn't even have to buy a console. So it's a win-lose. Kind of situation honestly and that's where the game situation is Um, whichever games you like more out of the exclusives and if you don't have a pc you'll want to look at the exclusives for the xbox and the exclusives for the playstation Um, those are the games that you're going to be looking at to help you decide which one you want to get and that's all there is to it (laughs) Alright folks, it's time for another game recommendation. Uh, This week I'm going to tell you a little story, plus have a game recommendation attached to it, so you guys get a little extra long game recommendation segment. If you guys don't care about that, go ahead and skip ahead through it, and you can continue on with the podcast as God intended. Uh, But I'm going to get a little tangent going here. Uh, Because today we're going to talk about one of the things that I like from video games that people probably least expect. I'm actually really big into skateboarding video games. And of course, those of you who listen to this podcast that are my friend, uh, probably already knew that. But a lot of the people who uh, watch my YouTube videos, slash listen to the podcast, slash watch my Twitch live streams actually did not know that, and ever since I was a little child, I have been obsessed with the Tony Hawk games. I, uh, I grew up playing Tony Hawk Underground on my GameCube, of course, uh, later picking up Underground 2, American Wasteland, uh, and then going back and picking up Pro Skater 4, and then Pro Skater 3. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Tony Hawk games when I was a kid, and I now own every single Tony Hawk game that is available for the GameCube. Um and I just I really love the Tony Hawk games. And as you guys may know, recently they announced a new Tony Hawk game which is a remaster of the first and second games. Um and that's coming out for the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One and PC on the Epic Game Store, so I won't be picking it up on PC unfortunately. Uh but uh on top of that I uh, I was so hyped for the new Tony Hawk games releasing I really realized that I never got to try out the other skateboarding game that was competing with the later Tony Hawk games. Uh, And that, of course, is EA Black Box's Skate series. Um, So if you guys don't know, uh, Skate was exclusive to uh, the Xbox 360 and the PS3, hence why I never got the chance to play it, because I did not even have any of those. I didn't have a different console until I was already a man, so... I never got the chance to play Skate 1, Skate 2, or Skate 3 growing up, even though I loved skateboarding video games. Um, So due to the hype over uh, the announcement of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2 remaster, I sought out and played a bit of Skate 1. Uh, And a bit of Skate 3. And actually, I almost beat Skate 3. I wanted to play Skate 2 as well, but the emulator that I was using to play Skate 2 uh, was not the best. And I didn't get the chance to fiddle with it. Eventually, I want to go back and play it, hopefully. Because also, they announced Skate 4. Uh, They finally started development on that as well. Uh, So there's going to be lots of skateboarding games coming out in the future, it seems like and uh, I'm actually quite excited that the genre is making a comeback because I truly love skateboarding games and it's weird because i'm a huge fan of skateboarding yet i've never i've never even done an ollie on a skateboard i've I've attempted to ride a skateboard when I was a child, but otherwise I never could do any tricks and to this day you won't see me stepping on a skateboard but I love the skate culture. I love looking at the moves. I know most of the tricks names uh, from the earlier Tony Hawk games, at least. Uh, So if I saw somebody skateboarding, I could possibly tell you what tricks they're doing. Uh, And either way, long story short, I love skateboarding games. And uh, after nearly completing Skate 3 and playing the heck out of Thug Pro, which is a mod for Tony Hawk Underground 2 on PC that lets you play all the levels from most of the games, Um, I was having a hankering for some skateboarding, and before Skate 4 and the new Tony Hawk got announced, uh, the only two games that were trying to keep the skateboarding game genre alive uh, were two indie games available for PC uh, at the time only. And that, of course, was Skater XL and Session. And so, uh, recently, because of all the hype I've had and all the skateboard games I've been playing, I was looking into playing either Skater XL or Session. And after I initially bought Skater XL because uh, it was on a sale when I was looking at them, um, I actually refunded it and I bought Session instead. And I've ended up liking Session quite a bit more. Uh, But this game recommendation is for me specifically to recommend you guys the game Session. Uh, Session is available on PC and Xbox and possibly PlayStation. It might only be PC and Xbox at the moment, but eventually it'll be on everything. It's in very early, early development. um, But basically, it's trying to be even more realistic of a skateboarding game than skate. Now, of course... It's early access, so there's lots of bugs in the physics, and not all the tricks are there. And some things don't even have animations yet. So it's not exactly the most realistic looking yet, but the gameplay feels so solid. They, uh, they advanced the controls from Skate so well, and it really just plays very well. And the graphics are fairly good. And the levels they have in the game already are fairly large compared to uh, Skater XLs. And honestly, the modding community is taking off too, and there's no official modding tools for the game yet. So if you're going to pick Skater XL or Session, at the moment I think Session is better. Um, But you guys, of course, can try both games and choose for yourself. Uh, But this recommendation is specifically for Session. And now, if you folks were unaware, uh, the original Tony Hawk games were very arcade e-skateboarding games, Uh, when you played basically Pro Skater 1, 2, 3, the original 3, 4 kind of mixed it up a little bit, and modernized it a little bit, but the original 3 Tony Hawk Pro Skater games uh, consisted around you playing on different levels, and between, basically whenever you switched to a level, uh, it would start a 2 minute session timer. Uh, Where in that two minutes, you try to complete as many of the objectives from the objective list as you could. Whether it be stuff like collecting the skate letters, getting a high score, uh, knocking down stacks of barrels, breaking crates, finding a secret tape, that kind of thing. Um, And the gameplay itself did not feel super realistic. I'm sure for the time when it came out, it definitely did. And I was kind of surprised to see, but the original Pro Skater 1 felt fairly realistic, in my opinion, especially compared to the later entries in the Tony Hawk series. Um, But those games were never meant to be super-duper realistic. They just kind of had realistic elements. Uh, But then moving on to Skate, Skate was trying to be fairly realistic as far as skateboarding games go. And they introduced the flickit system, as they call it. Where basically the right control stick allows you to um, control what direction you flip the skateboard in. And in this case, uh, it, it gave you a more exact control over the skateboard. And allowed you to feel more like you were actually skating yourself. Which I really liked when I tried out skate recently. Um, and skate just had a lot of style, man. Like, Tony Hawk, don't get me wrong, I love it to pieces, and it's still probably my favorite skateboarding series because of the nostalgia more than anything. But Skate had such good style to it. Literally, uh, the, the first game, the camera was locked at this angle um, where you were seeing the game through a camera uh, that was being recorded. So the whole gameplay of uh, Skate 1 was being recorded through a camera, uh, by an NPC in the game and you as the player, your viewport was actually the camera of that person recording your character skateboarding. And he would comment on the tricks you were doing and, uh, all sorts of different stuff that you were doing in the game. And it was really cool. And I got to say, when I tried it out, I, I was like, Oh, this camera is so low and horrible, but it's actually really cool. Um, And later games did actually drop the lower camera perspective in favor of a higher one, which lets you see more. Uh, But Session uh, actually has a lower uh, camera mode that's supposed to kind of emulate that uh, original skate sort of camera. And of course, so does Skater XL. Um, But the reason that I think Session actually surpasses that interesting camera from Uh, compared to Skater XL is because there's actually a mode you can play, um, where the camera in the game is actually controlled by another player, so the way you play the game is, it's actually co-op, and one player is a skateboarder with a camera recording the other player, um, So basically that NPC recording you skateboarding camera control scheme from Skate is taken to another level in the sense that the NPC controlling the camera is actually another player. And I thought that that was so cool, and that's under experimental features right now in session, but that just shows the kind of love they're going to add to this game and they have planned for this game. Of course it's early access, uh, but it seems like the devs are truly trying to make something unique here. Uh, the levels that are in the game are already are very good. There's four of them. Uh, I can't remember exactly what they are. If I remember correctly, they're all different parts of New York City. Uh, one is a parking garage. and surprisingly, I think that might be my favorite level only because the game really uh, prides itself right now with its flatland stuff. It's not very vert oriented yet. It mostly just has stuff for flatland tricks and things. Um, So the parking garage actually works really well because of the ramps and such. You can get up a lot of speed and you can jump over uh, like bumpers and stuff like that. And you can grind on like handrails and things. And the parking garage level is really cool. It's raining a lot right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the famous segment, Hyrulean Wins the Bread. While I don't have a story about condoms and children today, God, that sounds really weird out of context. Uh, check the first episode of this podcast if you want context for that. Uh, I do have an interesting story uh, about what it's like to be a convenience store worker, which I may or may not be. As always, I'm going to keep events and facts and information about this story completely obscured and possibly fake possibly true it's up to you to decide um in order to preserve preserve my ability to have a job uh but either way today's story while not as amazing as the condom kid story is definitely a good story to tell because it tells and shows just how much shit convenience store workers put up with um, which i may or may not be uh but basically, today, or may, today um, right now, I'm driving home from work. I might be. <laughs> and uh, I may or may not have just been out of shift at my store that I work at. And I work retail, as I've mentioned in previous episodes. Um, and today, I encountered one of the biggest assholes I have ever encountered in my time working at this store now, I've encountered a lot of jerks. uh, And I have plenty of tales to tell about my fabulous times working for retail. Uh, And I was thinking about doing a whole dedicated episode about it, but instead I decided to stick away from it because it's better suited for the segments. Uh, But I have so many stories to tell that if I end up uh, getting tired of the... Hyrulean Wins the Bread segment, I'll just go ahead and do a whole episode with stories from my time at workplaces. I already told a bunch of them from the time when I worked at the dining hall and while I was in college at a big university. Uh, But this story is from my job that I may or may not work at right now, uh, and it is a retail store. And that's all I can tell you. Um, But basically, our retail store makes food. It might make food. Uh, And... One of these food items is a sandwich. Uh, so anyway, this customer uh, is not a regular. And I've never seen him before. Um, it seems like he's just blowing through while he's traveling or something. Uh, and we'll just call him, like... What's the what's the male version of Karen? Mark? No, Mark's... I know too many nice Marks. Uh, we'll call him Dave. So this Dave... Uh, comes into my retail location that I work at uh, to get a sandwich and some ice cream. Um, so he brings the sandwich and the ice cream up to my register and uh, i 'm only working i 'm the only one working on the register right now, so my register was the only one he could bring it up to. Uh, but anyway, I scan his ice cream, I scan his sandwich, and due to the possibly overpriced nature of our uh, sandwiches, his total comes up as like, if I remember correctly, I think it was like $12, which is kind of insane for two items. But he got a half-gallon uh, half, half gallon container of ice cream and a sandwich. And the sandwich is like 4 or $5, and the half-gallon of ice cream is probably like $6.99. I want to say. So after taxi figure it's like 12 bucks. Um, but anyway, uh, he pulled this thing that like a lot of people pull and you, when you work retail, you kind of learn to brush it off. Uh, but he pulled the whole, holy cow, it's that expensive. You know, that, that old trick. If you work retail, if you have worked retail ever in your life, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It happens all the time. And you know, the common thing you will always want to say is like, you know, I, I just work here, I don't make the prices. Uh but of course you can't say that. Uh so instead I'm like, Yeah, the sandwiches uh do cost a bit much and he's like, Well how much is the sandwich? I'm like, three, four ninety nine He's like, Are you serious? three four ninety nine for a sandwich? And I'm like, Yeah, actually Uh and he's like, yeah, I don't I don't want that. I'll just take the ice cream. And I was like, oh, okay. And due to both the COVID-19 situation going on right now, as well as our normal standard procedures and protocols, if a customer has touched even the container that a sandwich is in, we are no longer able to resell or sell that container or sandwich. As soon as they touch it, they have to buy it. Otherwise, it goes in the trash. And that is a sanitary thing. And after the customers I've seen come in, that's a good thing to have. Um, and honestly, it's very important. It's kind of wasteful for food purposes, but it is very necessary because some of the people are not very hygienic that come into the retail location that I may or may not work at, but either way. Um, so I have a trash can behind my counter. Uh, so when he says he doesn't want the sandwich, I gently take the back of my hand and push the sandwich into the trash can behind the counter. And, uh, I continue checking them out as normal, and I'm like, all right, that'll be six ninety nine. dollars And he's like, yeah, and I bet when you're done, when I'm out of here, you're going to fish that out of the trash and put it back on the shelf, aren't you? And I'm like, no, actually, sir, um, if a customer has touched a food item, we are required to throw it away if they do not purchase it. It is a health thing, and it is a uh, especially important right now with the ongoing concerns involving COVID 19. That's exactly how I said it. Just how I said it right there. And uh, he said, yeah, right. All you fucking places are the same. You all just fish it out of the trash and put it back on the shelf. You can't lose money on that. And that's not the case at all. And I genuinely genuinely do throw them away like we're supposed to. And then I have to report that it's staled out. Um, And it happens, like, not all the time. But I'd probably say at least once or twice a week where we have to do that. It's a fairly normal practice, so I don't know what he's talking about. This guy must have been having a bad day or something, or he must have just had bad experiences with our similar stores to ours. But he was being so mean and he was so consistent. He kept saying like, No, I don't I don't care what you say. I'm gonna I know you guys don't throw it away for real. You're just doing that for show. You're gonna take it out of the trash when I leave and you're gonna you're gonna put it back on the shelf and sell it to some other chump and I kind of scoffed I'm not gonna lie the guy was being mean and I was kind of blown away I did everything by the book I you know I told him like I explained to him that because of the COVID we are required to throw sandwiches away and even normally we throw sandwiches away if customers have touched them and he just decided to be a huge asshole to me and I don't know why and this guy must have been having a bad day. He just took out his fucking rage on this poor cashier, a.k.a. me. And I know this is kind of... This whole segment is basically just like boohoo me. If you listen to any of the previous ones, it's the same way. So I'm definitely being like, ooh-hoo-hoo here. But I'm fully okay with that because this is an important thing that needs to be talked about. Because cashiers and retail workers and cooks at restaurants and waiters and waitresses, all these ground-level, entry-level job workers are mistreated all the time. And I see this happen both at work and not at work. And it's honestly horrible. And the reason I'm bringing this up and talking about this in this segment is because this needs to stop. This is such a horrible practice, people taking out their anger and frustration on these, these low level workers that literally are sometimes even making minimum wage or less. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to make plenty of money for my job, um, to the point where it's close enough to where I live and I make enough money that it's the perfect job for me, honestly. And that's the only reason why I work there, even though I have to put up with this shit, you know, but that's what, that's with any entry level job without any experience. You have to put up with shit like this, but anyway, um, so I scoffed of course. Basically, he was like, I know you guys just take it out of the trash and put it back on the shelf and sell it to somebody else anyway. And that was like the third or fourth time that he said that. And I was just kind of like, uh. Like, that's what I did. I did a little, uh. And that's all that I was going to do. I was just going to scoff because he wouldn't stop saying that I was going to take it out of the trash. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to take it out of the trash. That's gross. I don't want other people to have to eat your germy-ass hand sandwich. And, uh, so I scoffed and he's like what really and that set him off and that's what set him off was my scoff I literally that's all I did I other than that I did not do anything unprofessional I only scoffed because I was so surprised and caught off guard by how like all of a sudden he just went from zero to a hundred on me and like just started yelling at me and it's so crazy how these people treat I deal with this kind of shit at least a handful of times a month and I'm glad it's only a handful of times a month but I know other people especially women working in retail deal with it a lot more sometimes and it's honestly fucking horrible we get treated like we are below the average person because we have a job where we are to serve these people So all these people coming into these retail locations, talking to us entry-level job workers, treat us like we're below them because we have to work an entry-level job and they have some fucking construction job or some stupid shit like that that they inherited from their fucking dad or something. That's very specific, but I was generalizing. Stuff like that, you know. Like some nicer jobs that you have to work towards a bit more. or Sometimes you just get given to you. And, you know, we do our best and we make ends meet by having these entry-level jobs. Especially me. I'm a college student. What am I supposed to do? I can't work a full-time, full-time job. I basically get full-time hours at my part-time job, especially during the summer. But I can't work full-time, full-time jobs because I'm a college student. So I can't get, like, an office job or anything like that. So this guy literally fucking blows up on me. Because I scoffed. And that's all I did unprofessionally. Everything else I did was by the book. I explained to him, you know, COVID. We have to throw away the sandwiches. And I am throwing it away. I'm not going to put it back on the shelf. Um, And when I scoffed, he literally blew up on me. And he's like, really? You're going to fucking laugh at me? Big mistake, mister. I'm going to call your corporate offices. And I'm going to get you fired. That's what he does. And he storms out. And he parked right by the doors to our retail space and he's just staring in at me and he has his phone and he keeps holding up his fucking phone and like threatening me to call the corporate offices and get me fired and of course I know my boss knows how good I am with customers it's one of the things my boss actually understands what I am good at is running the register and being sociable and nice to the customer she knows the customers like me, and she knows that I like the customers and honestly socializing with the customers has become my favorite part of working a retail job I love you know chatting with people seeing how they're doing I love you know cracking jokes at them and stuff like that it's the same reason I loved live streaming so much it's just so fun to be able to you know crack a jokes and crack jokes screw around and talk with people and Of course, screw around. I just mean in the sense that I'm just kind of talking random stuff to people as I'm working. But I literally, I give so much effort to this job. And this is especially like horrible because not only do I not deserve to be treated like this, nor does any other retail worker, I am currently sitting on a... Day six of a nine-day stretch of not having a single day off uh, because we are very short-staffed at my retail location right now. So I am required to work basically every single day and, without a single break. And <laughs> it's basically – it's, it's kind of horrible if I'm being honest with you. It's eight-hour days, and I've worked six of them in a row. I don't get a single break during those eight hours. Not even to go to the bathroom. And I have to work nine of them in a row. And this guy, I almost snapped. I literally almost snapped today. Because this guy decided to take out his anger on me when I didn't fucking deserve it. And he literally was out there in his little fucking van with his phone staring at me while I helped the rest of the people that were in my store and then I went back to doing my business like cleaning and stuff like that he was staring at me and he was being so horrible and honestly it was so bad and retail workers waiters cashiers cooks all those entry-level job people put up with so much shit every single day And the moral of the story is, folks, don't take out your anger on cashiers. Seriously. We deal with so much shit every day. We have to deal with so many people going like, oh, wow, it's that expensive. Oh, my God. Shit like that. We have to deal with that kind of shit all day, every day. And don't take out your fucking anger on us. It's so awful. And that's my rant for Hyrulean wins the bread today, folks. I hope I didn't get too preachy today just think about how you speak to a retail worker even if like they're in the wrong please don't be mean the the couple times where I've had things go wrong at retail locations I always remember how much of a struggle I have and it's just I so I can't get mad at them because I know what it's like I've been there so Please just be nice to retail workers. They don't deserve the flack they get. And that's coming from one. I know I can be a bit bit of an ass sometimes, but Jesus, I don't think I deserve to be fucking yelled at for no reason. Alright folks, it's time for conclusion time. So, in the course of this podcast, we've discussed... Uh, what exactly there is to hear about the two different consoles in terms of how it's important to compare price, performance, game catalogs, etc., etc., etc. And the thing I really want to hit home uh, from my episode here uh, to really help end this war is above all else, the important thing about picking which console you're going to play is the games. Um, whichever console has the most games you know you personally personally are interested in is definitely the one you should go for. And if you can only have one, I would try to mix that with uh, also trying to find out which one will be able to give you the most games to play that you'll actually want to play. Uh, but, that being said, it doesn't really matter if you're going to pick the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X, as I said, because they're comparable in terms of power and they have a very similar catalog of games and the exclusive games that there are uh, it's completely subjective whether you prefer the xbox sides or the playstation sides and as i've already mentioned myself personally i have a pc and a lot of the xbox exclusives are also releasing on pc So it's not really something I have to worry about too much, and that's why I'm probably going to go ahead and choose PlayStation, Um, only because it's a lot harder to get some of those PlayStation exclusives on PC. Uh, But that being said, um, it, it really is just down to the games. Both Xbox, PlayStation, and PC players can all play Call of Duty, they can all play FIFA, they can all play Madden... Um, a lot of the big-ticket games are multi-plat releases. If you want to play Skyrim, you can play that on everything, and I'm sure they're going to release it for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, two. Um, so genuinely, for a lot of the big games, both consoles have them, and for the exclusive games, it's up to you whether you would play one consoles or the others. Uh, but in general, thanks to stuff like cross-play, cross-save, um, The console wars really should not be this big of an issue anymore. I can literally play Witcher 3 on my PC with a keyboard and mouse the way God intended and enjoy the fuck out of it in 4K with all maxed out settings, 60 FPS plus. And then I can save the game and automatically have that save transfer to the cloud and pick up playing it on my Switch. And that is just the best fucking thing ever. I love that so much. And if anything else doesn't happen for this generation, one thing that I think they should really focus on is just everybody needs to be fucking nicer to each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all just need to sit down and sit around at the round table and agree that uh, cross-platform play, at least between the consoles, if nothing else, is a very good thing to have. Uh cross-save support between different consoles. Very good thing to have. There's no reason why in 2020 we should have to worry about restarting our games if we buy them on new platforms. If I want to play a vanilla version of Skyrim with no mods between my Switch and my PC and my PS4, I should be able to fucking do that. Why can't I do that? It's games like Divinity Original Sin 2 and The Witcher and I'm sure a couple other games... Uh, and a lot of online games as well where everything's synchronized that are really being friendly and they're really sending us towards a new console generation where we don't need to have fights about which one is better because everybody can play together all of your games can be wherever you want them and everybody can just have fun and that's what's more important out of all this you know, it's like Reggie says if it's not fun, why bother? and uh, I think it's safe to assume that fucking arguing about which of your boxes that play fucking video games is better than the other person's. And that's, of course, coming from me. Uh, PC Nintendo pleb. I just fucking hit something with my car. Hopefully it did not pop my tires. Um, (laughs) this podcast is so far gone. Seriously, what the fuck did I just hit with my car? I hope I did not pop my tires. It was kind of loud. Um, But either way, uh, let's have a toast. A toast to the end of the console war. And hopefully a brighter future where everyone can just kind of play whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want, and wherever the fuck they want, with whoever the fuck they want. Friends, thank you for sitting and listening to me ramble about a bunch of different shit. This episode was kind of all over the place and it had the return of Hyrulean Wins the Bread. It had a Switch game recommendation, or was it a Switch game recommendation? No, it was a PC slash Xbox game recommendation uh, for Session. But it just had a lot of content and I had a lot of fun sharing it with you guys. Um, genuinely, making the podcast has been a blast. And I'm glad I could sit down with you all today and single-handedly end the console wars. That being said, though, let's be honest, guys. PlayStation 5 is better. And so, single-handedly, Hyrulean had ended the console war. And just like that, players of the Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation... And the Xbox, and even PC, could live and play together in harmony. Join us next time when Hyrulean takes on an even stronger debate. Whether or not Donald Trump should be the president. (laughs) I'm just fucking kidding. I'm not going anywhere near that. God. Politics.